come and vote in your presence here right now, asking that you might speak to us, that you might speak to our circumstances, that you might speak into our lives. Father God, we're here waiting for you. We ask that you would lead us and that you would guide you will will. Father God, I'm asking you that you might speak to each and every person. That you might meet them at their point of their need. That they might have, they might wait for you. Not only would you speak to them, but that you would guide them, lead them in truth. And that you would give them the, the courage and the strength to your word has commanded us to do. So speak to your people today. Assure them, comfort them, encourage them, strengthen them. And Father God, we ask that you would bless our pastor today as he is away on vacation, that you would give him time of refreshing, time of time of assurance that you are still in control. That ministry is still going on. That you have equipped people to fill the gap in his absence. That you would give each and every one of us the courage and the strength to do our part until our pastor comes back. So we ask that you would speak to us encourage us today and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we, we come today to talk 
comes out of the gospel. The good news. You have good news. You have good news. The, the problem is that too many Christians think that they don't need to share the good news. You share everything up. You share what you eat on Facebook. You, you share all of your accomplishments. But you don't want to share the good news. Like it was optional. It, it, it's a command. Look, look, look at Matthew 28. The last two verses. 19 and 20. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations or make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the world. It's not an option, it's a command. That we would go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. When Jesus arose before he ascended back into heaven in Acts chapter 1, the disciples asked him, Lord, will you at this time return the kingdom to Israel? And he told them in verse 8, he said, it, it is not for you to know. But for the Father, he said, but you, go until you shall be my witness when the Holy Ghost comes. Let's go to it. It's to be up there. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you should be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to the other ends of the earth. You, you, you are his spokesman. That's the command. That's not optional for those who are born again. It, it is your charge. It is your duty. It is your responsibility. See, see, we have a treasure inside of us. We, we, we have a treasure. To, to turn to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 4, verse 7. He says, But we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the excellency might be of, of the power may be of God, not of us. He, he's talking about he has placed himself in us to share with others. Look what he says in verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God should shine unto them. See, we have the gospel as a treasure in heaven. And we are convenient to share it. Got to be so it sounds like some people ain't living up to their responsibility. And Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, I mean the Roman church. Paul wrote the book of Romans when he was at Corinth. He, he, he had wanted to get to Rome and administer to them like he did Philippi and Corinthians and Ephesians. But he was hindered from getting there. He, he eventually got there, not, not as a missionary, but as a prisoner. As a prisoner. So if we're going to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we're going to live up to our responsibility, we have to realize who we are. We have to realize who we are. Look what he says in verse 1. We're alone in one. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of Christ. Of God. Now, today we write letters and we write, Dear Jeff, Dear Ms. Lewis, and we sign our name at the Back then, they wrote their name in Pluto. So you know who was writing to you. But he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Greek word is doulos, which means a bond servant, which means a bond slave. It, slavery wasn't like what we know of slavery in America. Most people were enslaved because they found themselves in debt and had to work off the debt. So they worked off their debt as a servant. But, but, but God had put a law in there which was called the year of Jubilee. So after every seven years you had to pray your servants of their obligation. But Paul says, I'm a bond servant. A bond servant is one who chooses voluntarily to be a slave. And what they would do, they would go to the gate and put a knoll in their ear, pierce their ear to identify that they are a bond servant, a doulos. One who said, I, I'm better off. My master treats me so well 
He does better for me than I could ever do for myself. So I, I have the right to be free, but I choose to be a slave. Paul says, I have the right to be free, but I choose to be a slave to Jesus Christ. I choose voluntarily to be a slave to Jesus Christ. Because he had done more for me than I can ever do for myself. Listen, and then Paul had some things to brag about. Paul had some things to brag about. He was an educated man. He had studied at the feet of Gamaliel, which was the top Pharisee in their day. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 4 and 7. This is Paul telling how much confidence he had and how he could break. He said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has thereof, he might trust in the flesh. I do more. He said, if you want to boast, I, I can do some boasting. He says, I have some accomplishments. He said, listen, I, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrew, as touching the law a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, I count for loss. So, so I, I don't care what accomplishments you have, whether you have an MBA, an MPH, a PhD, an EDD, a THD. The first thing that needs to come behind your name is, I am a servant of the Most High. Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That's the first thing that comes behind me. Hosea, a servant of Jesus Christ. A servant. And he said, I, I was called to be an apostle. It wasn't my doing. God called me to be an apostle. An apostle is one who is sent for a mission. So he had some authority from Jesus Christ. Christ sent him. Jesus Christ has sent you to proclaim the gospel word. So you have an authority. You come speaking in the authority of the one who died. Separated unto the gospel of God. Se separation. We, we talked about that Wednesday night. Is 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 uh <coughs> sanctification? It's being set apart. We, we always want to think of separating from things, but he, here we're separating to something. 
We're separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that's our mission. That's our purpose. To proclaim this good news. So we need to see who we are. Not only do we need to know who we are, we need to know who he is. Amen? We need to know who he is. Look at verse 2. Which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. If you were at Sunrise Service last week, we, we, we talked about this. When, when we talked about the two men on the road of Emmaus, and that they were walking down the road sad, and Jesus Christ appeared to them and said, Why are you guys so sad? And he said, Haven't you heard what happened to Jesus Christ? He died in three days, and they can't find him not in the tomb. And Jesus comes to them and talks to them concerning himself, showing them from the book of Moses and all the prophets, all the things concerning himself. The Old Testament is all talking about Jesus Christ. That he would come. That he would be their Messiah. Look, look at what it says. Concerning his, his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which were made of the seed of David according to the flesh. He was made from the seed of David according to the flesh. Okay? It shows that he was fully human. That he had he was fully a hundred percent humanity. That's why the scripture in Isaiah says, unto us. A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And upon his kingdom there shall be no end. It was always prophesied that a ruler would come through the line of David. And Jesus Christ came. He, he, he had to come through the human mind so he could identify with me and you. He, he identifies with us. He, he knows what it is to be hungry. Amen. You remember when he was in the wilderness and he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil tempted him and said, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread." He knew what it was to be hungry. He knew what it was to cry over the loss of a loved one. When Lazarus died, it, it said he wept. He knew what it was like to be betrayed. He, he knew what it was like to be misunderstood. Because he was fully human. But that's only half the story.
and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Not only he was 100% human, he was 100% God. 100% human and 100% God. It's what theologians call the hyperstatic union. See, he had to identify with us. Not only could he identify with us in our problems and our issues and our heartaches and our souls, but he could do something about it. He even says we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. Therefore, we could come boldly through the throne of grace that he might find us in the time of trouble. He, he was all man and all God. And there's never been another one. And he proved it when he rose from the dead. So, so, so now we got a concept of who we are and who he is. We ought to do better. Amen. <laughs> we ought to have before you. He said, because there's some benefit to us sharing this gospel. It, 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 it's some benefits. And we have a charge to do so. Look, look what he says from verses 5 to 7. By whom we receive grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations, for his name, among whom ye are also the call of Christ. To all that are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father. He says, we have a benefit of grace. Something that we don't earn. Something that we can't earn. Something that we don't deserve. We have Christ's riches at Christ's expense. We have all of God's riches at Christ's expense. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might have the righteousness of God. The, the great exchange with what Pastor David has been talking about for weeks, substitutionary atonement. He took my filthy life for his righteous life. So we receive grace and apostleship. So we have to have the, the authority to go and proclaim good news to a dying world. For the obedience to faith. To the obedience to faith. Most of us don't learn obedience to faith. 
will learn obedience through instruction. Do you know we read scriptures like train up a child in the way that he should go? And when he's older, he won't be taught. We, we train, that's instruction. We, we learn obedience through rules. Speed limit is 65 on 295. Don't let down catch you doing 90. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we learn obedience by rule. And we learn obedience by intimidation. Either you want to do what I say or you don't have a job. Either you want to do what I say or you got to find a place up to live. But here is obedience in faith. I, I will obey because I have a faith that where he is, I will be with him. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. I, I have faith in that. So I obey because of where I am. It's through faith. I, I don't see it. The minute I see it, it's no longer faith. We walk by faith and not by So we proclaim this gospel because not only do I want to see him, I want others to see him. I, he wants me to proclaim his name to all. Listen, the Bible says God don't wish that any would perish, but all would come to repentance. And he wants to use you to proclaim his message. You have a message a treasure in you. Stop hoarding it. Share it. He says, because when you share, you give others grace. And you bring peace into others' life. Okay? Hell can be going and chaos can be all around them. But for believers, they have peace. They might not have all the treasures of this world. They might not even have a place to live. But they have peace. Because they have a relationship with a living God. So all that was with an adoption. <laughs> All that was in the introduction. And then he gets to verse 8. And he says that we need to be thankful for what God is doing in us. We, we, we need to be thankful for what God is doing in us. That I need to be thankful for what God is doing in Rob's life. 
And I need to be thankful for what God is doing in human It's not just about me. We, we, we need to be thankful for what God is doing in, 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 in Utah and what God is doing in Libya and in all the other missionaries that we, we support around the world. We ought to be thankful for what God is doing at Nicholas Bible Fellowship. We ought to be thankful for what God is doing at the Methodist Church around the world. We ought to be thankful for what God is doing in us. Because it ain't all about us. We talked about it a little earlier. You remember when Elijah thought he was the only one on the scene. And he got mad. And God said, listen, I got 3,000 others that have not bowed the knee to bow. You ain't by yourself. And God is doing a work over here and over here. And in his life and her life and your life. So he, he said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. It's a good thing that your faith would be spoken of throughout Blackwood, throughout Boston Township, throughout Washington Township. That people would see that our faith here at First Baptist of Blackman is spoken. Not only we ought to be thankful for what God is doing in others, we ought to be praying for the work that God is doing in us. We ought to be praying for, for we pray for our missionaries. We, we, we pray for other churches that we fellowship. We, we pray for one another. Because we all need it. By show of hands, who don't need prayer? I don't think so. <laughs> huh? So, so we pray for one another. Look what he says in verses 9 and 10. For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit. And the gospel of his son, without season, I make mention of you always in my prayer. Make a request if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey of God to come to you. See, see Paul is writing from Corinth, and he always wanted to get to Rome. Because he heard of their faith. But he had never had the opportunity to do so. And we ought to be praying for people. We ought to be praying for the work that God is doing in other places. And we should have not only be praying for them, that we might join in with them. Okay? So we need to have a desire to work alongside of them and encourage them. We ought to have a desire to encourage one another. 
again, it ain't about me. It's about us collectively. Because we together make up the body of Christ. It's, it's not one long, one long ranger. Pastor Dave can't do this by himself. It takes bloody daddy everybody to come together <laughs> to do the work of ministry. Look, look what he says in, in, in verse 11 and 12. That I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts to the end that you may be established. Listen, I, I want to fellowship with you because I want to minister to you. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. And it's not just about me. Look at verse 12. Not that, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. It's mutual. Although I want to serve you, you have something to offer me. I'm encouraged when, when I come here and see your faith. I'm encouraged to see that you're working in ministry. I'm encouraged to see you come out and clean up that. I'm encouraged to see you stand at the door and greet folks. I'm encouraged to see you work the salmon. I'm encouraged to see you up here singing. And all the stuff you do behind the scenes that nobody sees but God sees. It encouraged my heart that Pastor Dave can go away and things continue as if he was still here. Right. Yeah. And it takes all of us to do that. So we bless one another. We encourage, and, and it, it, we, sh we should long to come together. We, we, we should be waiting that I can get enough strength to go back to, to work on Monday and, 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 and live holy and separate in front of all those heathens I have to work with. <laughs> that I might give some kind of impact there. That I might let his light shine. And when I come here, you encourage me to go another week. To go a little farther. It's mutual. It's reciprocal. Not only do we encourage other, we have an obligation to the gospel. We have an obligation to the gospel. We're obligated. Because of what Christ done for me, I'm obligated to share. I'm, I'm obligated to come here and do what I do. I, I'm obligated because he paid a heavy price to allow me to be, because none of you, knowing me, would never allow me to be But when God speaks, look what he says in verse 13 and 14. 
Now, I would not have you ignorant, my brother, that oftentimes I purpose to come to you, but with him, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among you. He, he said, I, I've been meaning to get, but God kept doing it. You know, and you can't do nothing before God allows you to get there. You, you might have a desire to do something, but it's all in God's time. You just come. I'll wait on you. See, God had him going to Philippi and Corinth and Ephesians and all those other places. And that's a night. And, and spending time with Timothy and Titus. And he had a heart to go to Rome. But, but God said, no, I got other work here. If, if I had my way, I would probably be somewhere else, but God saw fit to bring me here. Or I could have come earlier, but God saw fit at the appointed time to bring me here. That I may have some food here. He says, I'm a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarian. Both to the wise and the unwise. See, 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 the Greeks, they were philosophers and they thought they were highly educated and everybody else was barbarians. But Paul says, I'm dedicated to both to the wise and the smart, to, 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 to blacks and whites, to, to Asians and Hispanics, to Educated and uneducated. I'm indebted to them because of what Christ did for me. I I owed a debt that I could not pay. So I'm obligated to all I see to share this good news. And you're obligated. And you're obligated. He says, I'm, I'm indebted. But that's one thing to be, if I borrowed $100 from Jeff. If <laughs> 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 I borrowed 100 I'm obligated to pay him back. I'm obligated. But there's another obligation. If me and Don work in terms, and if Don had to say work a lady brain and needed something, Don gave me a hundred dollars to give it to Brandon. And I'm obligated to give that hundred dollars to Brandon. He he can do that now, so <laughs> wouldn't buy that thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm obligated. See, see, we we have something that we that someone gives that ain't for us. It's for a dying world. God has given us this gospel message. And he has gifted us with himself. And we need to share that. We need to be an extension of his love. We need to be an extension of his compassion. We need to be an extension of his forgiveness. 
We own that. We're obligated to do that. We own that. Not only do what we obligate, we ought to be eager to share. We ought to be ready in season and out of season. When we feel like it and when we don't feel like it, we ought to be ready to share this gospel. He said, uh-uh, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are alone also. He says, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to preach here at First Baptist. I'm ready to preach wherever I go. I'm ready to preach on my job. I'm ready to preach to my neighbor. I'm ready to preach to my child. And to my neighbors. Because I got good news. When the world is full of bad news. I got my, my, my news transcends time. Into eternity. I got good news, so I'm eager. I'm like a I'm like a runner in, 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 in what do you call it when they're in the same down block in the block. I'm eager, ready to go, just waiting for, for, for the gun to go. I'm ready to go. And you need to be. You, listen, you might not know every scripture and you don't have to. You, you know what Christ did for you? And you ought to share that with a dying world. Not only do they need to be eager to share, they need to be confident in the message. They need to be confident in the message. Look what he says in verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power unto God, unto of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said, I, I'm not ashamed of this message. Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, in front of men, that I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. So, so I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. It's the only thing that can save someone from all eternity. It's the gospel message that Christ came in human flesh, lived and died for, according to the scripture was buried and rose again according to the scripture. That's the only method in that if you believe in him that you would not have to perish but have eternal life. So I'm not ashamed of that message. And I'm going to tell it from the rooftops. For there is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. He said God's righteousness 
here is revealed in the gospel message. It, 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 it's this righteousness that is revealed. That's the only thing that could take a right sinner like myself and transform him into the image of Christ progressively. I ain't what I will be, but I ain't what I used to be. Amen? Keep pouring. What, what are you afraid of? 
If, if God be for us, who can be against us? It is Christ that died, yet rather risen from the dead. We are more than conquerors through him. Sin has left the crimson stain. But when Christ has washed it white as snow. All Christ has washed is white as snow. What a good God we serve. We, we, we need to proclaim his name from the rooftops. We, we, we need to share his name wherever we go. Every neighbor in your neighborhood know that you are a servant of the Most High God. Everybody on your desk ought to know that you are a servant of the Most High God. Mm -hmm. The more money that I make, the more money I want. Mm -hmm. 